1: and empowerment.
0: As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things.
2: If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
0: Erin Addison.
2: On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And D Youngblood and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show today. Today, we are talking about the ways that our kids are suffering in the second and third segments. Patty Garibay of the American Heritage Girls uh, organization is going to discuss with us the alarming numbers. And if you've been listening to the program, then you know that we've been talking about mm-hmm. the alarming numbers that surround our girls' development and their emotional state, yeah. um, the suicide ideation, the the rise of discontent and even violence that our girls are experiencing. So we're going to have Patty talk with us about that, and um, <clears throat> excuse me,
1: mm-hmm.
2: also what American Heritage Girls is uh, doing. The organization is doing to combat that. But before we get into that, yes, there was an article that. That I was reading
1: mm-hmm.
2: man, I don't know, I'm having a really hard time all of a sudden, but I'm going to try to get into this article. I don't know what's going on, all right, so restorative justice in our public school system, and the thing that really grabbed my attention about this is that it's it seems to be on par with a lot of what we see happening, even as parents are trying to pull back on consequences for behavior Hmm. so i had a friend um, send me an article and then some links on how parents are sort of taking a new approach to rearing children and that is to be sort of laissez-faire hands-off
0: yeah
2: not to really give consequences for behavior and first of all it's not biblical not at all but then but then it's just (laughs) a matter of time (laughs) before you see the effects of that and when I say a matter of time I'm not talking about once they leave the house I'm talking about in real time you can see that when you have a child who has no consequences then the behavior is not remedied like they just continue on and in fact I would say that it is worsened because they feel like well what are you going to do about it and you've already shown Nothing. You're not going to do right. anything about it. Right? right. So here is the article. And I want to talk about this in the first segment. And we'll have to wrap this up really quickly because of having Patty on with us in the second and third segments. But I just thought, wow, you, you can see in real time how lack of consequences really actually plays out. But this is an article article here from uh, the Daily Signal that I found really interesting as record numbers of fist fights <laughs> are erupting. Amid a behavior crisis in American public education, America's public education system, more schools are attempting to use something called restorative justice, even though that process, excuse me, often makes behavior problems worse. Mm. (laughs) Guys, okay, so whenever we take a biblical approach and the Bible lays out for us what the results of certain behaviors are, We should expect to see that this again confirms the reliability and the trustworthiness of God's word. And I'm going to show you before we end this segment, just one passage from scripture that points to um, if you want to call it the reason why when there is wrongdoing, it must be addressed. Like you can't just ignore it. Okay. So I'll continue here. Restorative justice is a remediation theory that suggests students respond better to affirmation based conversations
0: they <laughs> told my parents <laughs> which, <laughs> I didn't have that growing in,
2: up. in in which a in which an adult de escalates any problem situation by calming or having a calm discussion with the students oh, about boy. the students' feelings <laughs> and the students' problems until you get to the place where everyone agrees now here's here's okay <laughs>
0: This is laughable okay. to me. I, I you know, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, and and it's and here's the thing though. <laughs> what? I think it's important for us to keep in mind that this new approach to to children is not we're not talking this article is not talking about within the context of a family where you can control for, you know, what the kids are exposed to, you know, the kid, right? You know, whether or not you can reason with the kid. This is an approach that is being adopted in public schools all across this country. So,
0: okay, yeah, I, yeah, I went to a, a, a elementary school that was private and they could restorative justice, yeah, it, it, it could yeah. spank us.
2: <laughs> that was the Paddles. restoration, okay, what, right? Go ahead, right? Um, so. So okay, so let me let me so restorative justice relies on the student's investment and the student's commitment to say, "quote I am willing to do this." Okay, now just again apply this to the American public school system as it is now. I want to say something before I I move on and and kind of compare some of these articles. Um, do you remember Will the Great a few years ago? Well, several years ago now. Um, under President Barack Obama, when there was a huge move to almost sort of take the authority away from teachers in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what we saw happen? Do you remember the the amount of videos that, that began to surface? Of where the students, students fighting beating teachers? Beating up the yeah. teachers. Yeah,
0: they were all over the place.
2: And And it was the beginning. It was sort of the flickers of there are no consequences for your actions. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to be suspended. You're not going to have to, you know come to grips in any real tangible way mm-hmm. with the result of your behavior. The teacher is just a space holder. The teacher has just got to try to get through the day. Well, I remember us covering this on the morning show and, and playing the clips and discussing this because what we saw erupt in some of our most difficult schools in this country mm-hmm. was that it was unsafe for teachers. You and, and the teachers felt like they could not defend themselves right. and then furthermore felt like They can't they couldn't defend themselves, but then there would be no punishment for the crimes committed against them because the students have a hard life and because the students don't need to be set on a pipeline to prison. That's what we heard. We don't Mm -hmm. we don't want to suspend students because you take them out of this environment that they desperately need and then you put them on this pipeline to prison. That's what we heard over and over and over this pipeline to prison. And so, so now we see this kind of circling back. It it kind of quieted down just a little bit, and I think teachers got just a little bit of authority back in the classroom, shifting in administration and all mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. But now we see the pendulum swinging back here, and the rise of restorative justice as something that is noble. Now, one of the things I think is really interesting is that there is a school district. Uh, it's the Oakland Unified School District that implemented this restorative justice program where they removed any signs of um, authority that would be connected to like law enforcement. They removed that from their schools and what they replaced the law enforcement officers with would be like culture mediators, like, (laughs) (laughs) Culture and climate keepers. Climate keepers. Okay, culture and climate keepers. Okay. So the Oakland Unified School District removed law enforcement officers Mm -hmm. even though in this school district they had shootings and they have violence and all of these things that you say, no, this is why you need police officers there because there are are students who genuinely want to go to school to learn and then there are those who don't. Right. Right? And so if you show up, if you show up with a gun at a school, then there's no amount of, you know, now tell me how you feel. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? That's going to necessarily talk that kid down off that. And I understand that there are times, instances where that's true, but Oakland Unified School District tried this. And here's what I find interesting about this this attempt. So they removed consequences from the kids' behavior saying that we need people who are not going to be menacing inside our schools. We need people who are going to understand the students, going to live life with the students, and going to be able to de-escalate before we even have problems. Now, what they are celebrating, so they, they say that they have experienced a victory since they implemented this shortly after uh, the George Floyd situation in this country. So after they implemented this and removed law enforcement officers because they said that it 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 triggered the students, high schoolers and middle schoolers. <laughs> Authority okay, triggers the students, Right now. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so here's what they said. They said, um, we saw a sharp decrease Mm -hmm. in the amount of suspensions happening at our school.
0: Okay.
2: Now, if you are just looking for a win and, um, not, you know, (laughs) not smart, you would applaud with them. Like, oh, great. You guys, you've got a sudden drop in suspensions. But if you continue reading the information, here's what they didn't see. They didn't see a decline in the violent outbreaks.
0: Right. So, so they just didn't punish more. Exactly. They punished less. Exactly. You, you, can't, you cannot address uh, a lack of respect for authority by taking away authority.
2: Exactly. That's
0: dumb. That's not going <laughs> to work. <laughs> right.
2: Right. And this is so, this is what we see happening in our schools um, increasingly, especially in this woke culture that we live in where everything is sort of like, you know, no one's responsible for his or her actions. And the thing that really grabs me about this and that I'm processing and working through is that I think that implementing this type of practice in our public schools has a spillover effect. Mm. And what you you end up producing is you end up producing citizens who carry with them this feeling of entitlement that I should be able to do whatever I want and just get a stern talking to do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I, I have another article that I will bring in um, to kind of make that point. Because recently mm-hmm. in Houston, Texas, just last month, you had teenagers mm-hmm. who attacked a woman mm-hmm. who withdrew money from a bank mm-hmm. and was preparing to make a trip to Vietnam. These teenagers, 17 and 19 years old, they... Like basically cased her, like followed her, watched her, and then the seventeen-year-old got out of the vehicle and body slammed this woman to the ground, causing spinal cord and a spinal cord injury. So she's now paralyzed as a result of this. Now they have been arrested. They have been found just this month. Took a month to find them, but I can't help but think this, in some ways, is. Connected to this idea that I won't be punished. There, there will be no consequences for what I do because now in, in our country collectively, I think there is a softer approach to the need for authority. Like we've kind of come to this place and this is unfortunate for us very much. We've come to this place where we don't need to, to worry so much about consequences. We just need to love people. We just need to see from people's vantage points. We just need to try to understand their perspective. We need to understand their lived experiences. And
0: again, the wrong definition of what love is.
2: That's exactly right. Now, let me say this. and, And we'll continue to kind of unpack this, you know, I think as we go on, because it's really troubling to me that not only you have this in the public school system. But I think that there are some well-meaning Christian parents who have also adopted this philosophy that, you know, kids don't need consequences. I'm not going to do what my parents did to me. They say to me, yeah. I say for you. They say I'm not going to do what my parents did to me. I am going to allow my kid to just express and and I'm I'm not going to tell my kid no. I don't I don't want to, you know, discipline my kid and you will see the result of that because the Bible is very very clear
0: right.
2: that a child who is left to himself brings shame to his mother. That is Bible and you see it all the time. But on a on a the scale where we're talking about where you've got violent outbreaks in school and what those schools have adopted is what they are calling restorative justice, I couldn't help as I was looking at these articles I couldn't help but think of Ecclesiastes chapter eight verse eleven, and this is what the Bible says because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed quickly, therefore the hearts of the sons of men among them are given fully to do evil. Mm. Now, that's Bible. Now, just just think about that, because we say, well, that's we're not going to we're not going to do what the Bible is telling us that when you hold back Mm -hmm. from wicked people, evil people, what they deserve. Do you understand what I'm saying? When they are working evil, when they are working wickedness and we say, nah, you know, who who am I to judge that? I I don't really have a measuring stick for that, which, by the way, that's wrong. Right. That's inaccurate. (laughs) But the Bible is telling us that when we hold that back from them. Their hearts fully descend into the evil mm. that's manifested. Yeah. So what we what we are trying to ignore, what we are hoping will just go away. The Bible says, no, actually, it doesn't go away. In fact, it intensifies. So now think about this in our schools all across this country. We're going to see sinful hearts. Mm. And in some instances, evil hearts fully given to what they desire to do because of inconsequential Living, wow. Where there are no consequences for my actions. Mm. This is a big problem. I'm going to continue watching it and talking about it. But man, anyway, all right. We'll we'll grab the break and we'll we'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron, the Addison's on American Family Radio, where on this program, we make much of Jesus Christ and we lift up the standard that is found in God's word. We believe it to be authoritative and fully reliable, um, predicting and even telling us who we are before we are even aware of who we are. And Mm so uh, you'll continue to hear us uh, holding up the straight edge of scripture. We say that that's that's where you line your life up. And I know that there are a lot of uh, moving parts in our culture today. And people are desperately searching for sort of that post. Where where do I line myself up? And, and yeah. how do I figure out how to engage in today's culture? And what we are telling you is that the the eternal word of God is uh, sufficient. Amen. Sufficient. And, and there are things that we see happening in our culture today that um, the Bible accurately predicts. Mm. The Bible tells you why. The Bible tells you that it will be so. And the Bible tells you why it is so. And so anyway... Well, how many times can you say so
0: in one <laughs> statement?
2: Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will Nelson Turin-Wells. Joy in the morning.
2: All right, let's bring our sister back on. It is such a joy to get to talk with Patty Garibay, who is the executive director and the founder of American Heritage Girls. They are doing an incredible work um, reaching so many girls all across this country, remaining true to the biblical understanding of what it is to be a girl. You've got some <laughs> other organizations that have- um, Oh, man. Called that into question, <laughs> but American Heritage Girls, getting it right, understanding that the Word of God is true, and uh, and helping our girls to live and stand in today's culture. Patty joins us today to talk about some of those alarming stats that we spent some time talking about a few weeks ago, looking at the CDC uh, teen report mm. and where our kids are in this country. And it stood out to Patty and her team, as it stood out to me, that there is great alarm over mm. the state Of our girls. And so we're going to spend some time talking about that and specifically what American Heritage Girls is doing to combat these dire numbers pointing to the emotional health of our girls. Patty, thank you so much for joining us. It's so good to be back with you guys. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you too. So go ahead and, and for our listeners who there's always going to be. Um, a new listener who will say, wait, I didn't know that this organization was out there. So would you please talk to that new listener and tell them about your organization, what you do and how they can learn more?
3: Absolutely. Well, the American Heritage Girls Program—it's really a, a, a ministry for girls ages five to eighteen. It's been tried and true. We are—we're hitting our 27th year of uh, ministry, and we uh, operate in all 50 states and 16 international countries. We come alongside the church. Who wants to disciple girls and our brother organization, Trail Life USA, disciples boys. It's a great, uh, a great ministry for you to have at your church to be able to have family ministry all under one roof. And we're but we're very specific to girls, and mm-hmm. Trail Life very specific to boys. We are dedicated to the mission of building women of integrity through service to God, family, community, and country. And we are unapologetically um, embrace a biblical worldview and all our curriculum, all of our badges, all of our leadership, all of our service, everything is Christ-centric.
2: Oh, Amen. wonderful. Man, I love it. And so our listeners can find chapters and learn about how they can get involved if they've got girls 5 to 18 by going to your website. What is that website?
3: Yes, it's AmericanHeritageGirls.org, or you can just put in Google American Heritage Girls and find us. And up on the right-hand of of the website. It says find a troop. So pop your zip code in there. You'll be able to find a troop in your area. You can join that troop or you can start a troop. If your church is wanting more families, more members, more ability to disciple, this is a program for you.
2: So, you know, Patty, I I think that as a culture watcher yourself, you have um, acquainted yourself with some of these alarming numbers as it pertains to our kids' mental health and in particular our girls. And one of the things that I said is that when the numbers are as bad as they are. And there's so much coverage, like it's not just the Christians saying, hey, we have a problem when I think the culture at large recognizes that we have a problem, then it's probably a lot worse than we formally realized. Talk about what you have observed, uh, this recent CDC report looking at our teens and in particular girls. What's troubling to you about that?
3: Well, I'm seeing it in our own Christian communities as well, and we need to talk about this. And I'm a big proponent of talking about rather than sweeping under the rug. But one out of three girls have have considered suicide, and these are adolescent girls. And I believe that, even in the Christian realms. I believe that loneliness is at an all-time high. Although Mm. girls are more wired than ever, they're more connected, quote-unquote, they're not heart-to-heart connected. And that's what we really need. Girls Mm. need to have one another. And and this false um, feeling of connection through social media and through whatever's on their internet and how they're finding their answers, that is not doing it for them. I mean, these, these statistics show that. But here's the difference. Here's the difference, Meek and Will, is that the antidote for these problems that even the CDC has recognized, as you Mm -hmm. mentioned, is not the schools, which is what the CDC is suggesting. More programs, more (laughs) more government, more all of this. That is not... The antidote, the antidote is the family and the church. Oh. Oh. And, yes, ma'am. and you know, right alongside this, you guys, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but the 2021 Journal of Family Psychology just came out with a report. And this again is a secular organization. Mm-hmm. Just came out with a report about the importance of fathers. Mm. And they have found that warm and caring dads predict better mental health for children. Mm -hmm. There are fewer weight concerns, higher Uh self-esteem, and fewer depression symptoms. And it is so strong that this whole phenomena is called the good father effect. And this is in secular media and secular Mm -hmm. studies. So what does that mean to us? Do we say antidotes are in the school? No, we say antidotes are in the family and in the church. And if there's not a father in the family, there needs to be a father figure in the family, particularly for girls. Hmm. and how can we do that? We can do that through a lot of ways, but we need to start to put arrows in that quiver so that those girls are well-armed. They're feeling so alone, and you know what else they don't know? The Word of God. I loved what you said. You guys just said the straight edge of Scripture. Now, I am fresh from the Holy Land, and I'll tell you what, I'm on fire. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are. Yes, you are. (laughs) (laughs) About the infallible Word of God and that Hmm. He has persistently pursued us right Amen. for generation upon generation and he is pursuing those lonely girls as well and they need to know his word which is full of promises and comfort and hope and that's the antidote to this yeah. issue that we have
2: you know mm. patty i i you i want to go back to this um this observation that we're making about the loneliness of our of our daughters of our girls and i think you are absolutely right to point out that this is happening in Christian community, I think sometimes we think uh, wrongly that our kids are not affected by the culture you know we think that they're just kind of moving along and 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 I think for some parents we kind of choose not to see those things that would be like a labor for us like we don't we don't want to see those things, but can you talk about some of the signs that you see even through your organization troops all across this country you've got troop leaders what are the signs of this loneliness that even among Christian girls, we should observe and, and learn how to respond to.
3: Right. If you see your daughter starting to want to be by herself a lot, sleep a lot, um, be away from you or answer your questions in regards to how her day was with just one word answers, mm. you must prod further because yeah. those are all symptoms of something much deeper. And it's usually a pain, and pain comes with anger, and anger comes with fear. So it's all sort of tied together. It's a social-emotional response to something that's really wrong in their life. And it is your responsibility as a parent. And parenting is not for sissies. Well, don't we all agree on that? Come oh, on, that's <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> on. It is so hard. But we are called to pursue them, just like the Lord, like I mentioned in His Word, has pursued us as adults. Mm-hmm. We Pursue to understand them and to dig deeper. Those yes and no questions that we so—I mean, I—I I was d- guilty of that raising my kids. Hey, did I really want to hear how they really felt? I guess I did, but then did I? You know, because mm. then it gets ugly, it gets messy, right. That's and it right. gets beyond ourselves. And, you know, that's where we need to be beyond ourselves. So we need to know how to pray for our girls. We need to know how to bring them into a biblical worldview and what the word says about where they're at and that nothing new is under the sun. They're not alone. Mm -hmm. It's okay to go through these transitions. You know, even that CDC, I mentioned that they they really give it all to the church, the schools that they need to be doing. And don't mention family or faith, of course, forget, forget that. But they do identify something I think is very important. And that is like. Kids, girls in particular, need more safe and trusted adults in their yes. realm, and uh-huh. I agree with that. And they also need skills to manage their emotions and comfort in reaching out for what they need. Yes. So these are all communication, right, emotional skills, and trusted adults. Those are three things the church and the family can provide.
2: Yes. And I
3: want to tie this back to American Heritage Girls, if I may. That ministry sure. of American Heritage Girls has right in at trusted adults that care enough about girls to even minister to them through this troop setting. It also has a social and emotional program emphasis that helps girls to understand that it is okay to have certain emotions. But now, how do you manage those? How do you deal with those? They're real, and they're normal, But let's talk about how we manage those. And then also how to communicate to others and to say what you need. And you get that through a bit of confidence. Mm -hmm. And you've heard me say this before, Miki. It's not girl power, but it's the Holy Spirit's power in the girl that provides that confidence and ability to be able to say, I need something. And can you help help me through this? It's okay to be weak because when we're weak. God is strong amen amen,
0: amen amen let me ask this question so far if there are parents or adults that want to be involved in your ministry and or there may be some some parents who are listening and say i don't know if I want a, my child to be a part of that what is what is the the, the process to being a leader in your ministry is that a, vet, a vetting process and and how's that done like in, in the age group uh that can be leaders within uh your organization your ministry well
3: even young women and Young men, honestly, you know, we 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 do a lot of this two deep, three deep leadership to make sure that girls are safe. We have a safety mm. program, et cetera, okay. um, all around health and safety to keep girls safe. That's that's first yeah. and foremost, right? And then that, for their for their physical bodies, but then also for their spirituality. You know, mm. the, the Christ-centric biblical worldview, and you're not going to get anything but that through American Amen. Heritage Girls. Amen. So you can feel safely aligned that it will be with your family's values. But we come alongside the church because the church. Mm is the rock upon which we must build. And so the church actually assigns or um, allows volunteers to be part of the troops. So That's they great. know the people better yeah. than we do. Yeah. And so they get to assign. And then there's trainings that American Heritage Girls provides, of course, free of charge and, and all those things to get you well-equipped, because we truly believe that the Lord does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Mm-hmm. And American Heritage Girls comes alongside that calling. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. first and foremost, it has to be a calling or it's just not going to be of him and it's not going to be as transformative as it is when the Holy Spirit's in part of it. Amen.
2: Amen. You know, I'm I'm wondering, Patty, how you and your organization <clears throat> excuse me, have navigated social media use mm. and and
3: phones with our teen girls. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's a tricky one. You know, some people <laughs> yeah. there's some parents that say we absolutely want you to forbid it. You know, we don't want any social media in the, in the truth. Well, of course, you know, because the church is the one that, that really owns the ministry, they get to really ultimately decide this. But mm-hmm. typically, you know what? The girls don't even need it when they're together. They want to yeah. be together. We're yeah. wired for personal relationship. And so we, we'll say, you know, let's put our phones in this basket. We're doing we're camping this weekend. We don't mm-hmm. need our phones. Now, if you need mm-hmm. a picture, there's somebody that has a phone, and we'll put it all up on Google Photos, and you guys can share away, all right? Mm-hmm. But let's not. We don't need that. Stuff and so generally, it's not been an issue when we're in troop meetings, etc. Now, as on their personal time, that's really in their parents' purview, right? And their their church's purview. They need to talk about it. And social media in itself, just like a gun in itself, is not evil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's right what we do with it. Right, there are good things that we can do with social media. Spread the gospel is a great thing to do with social media.
2: Is that something that you guys address through the troops, um, how to navigate social media? Because like, I'm, I'm thinking that there are, there are girls who they know what they're feeling as they sc- scroll through Instagram. They know what they're feeling, but I'm wondering if they know how to navigate those feelings and to recognize even how the enemy kind of creeps in um, you know, while using social media.
3: Mm. We talk about these things, all of it being very relevant to today's society. You know, the, these timeless principles that are in the Gospels or in the in Scripture itself, you know, they're very timeless, as you know. So social media today may have been the Decapolis of back in the day. You know, there, there's mm, all kinds of right. bad things that happen. Sure. And Sodom and Gomorrah of yesterday is today's society of today. You know, so so we there's nothing new, like I mentioned before, under the sun. However, what we do talk about is... How how do you navigate feeling comparative to someone else, and that's mm. that's the Instagram phenomena, right? How, that's right. What does that make you feel like? So let's talk about what, how God has wired you, and what is beautiful about you and the way that He's designed us. Our uh, program, your theme, we have one every year. Next year, it's going to be woven, and I cannot wait for this because mm. it's going to talk about the unique identity that the Lord has created for your daughter. And so it is is celebrating that we have differences and that those are to be celebrated, not to be, I want to be just like her. Right, comparison is never a win. You know, we talk about that. Our goal really is for girls to understand who they are and moreover, whose they are, and that they are a daughter of the King. And that is something to celebrate. And so when we start to go down that biblical femininity trail and to talk about gender confusion and all those things, you know, HG Tackles, I think you guys know Mm -hmm. that. yes um but we we have these ebooks that will help your listeners also navigate fear and anxiety for their daughter also gender confusion and our newest one that's coming up in the next month is biblical worldview so come to our website get those free ebooks and help let us help you parent well Mm -hmm. and to be able to come alongside the church in doing so
2: Thank you so much, Patty. The website is AmericanHeritageGirls.org, AmericanHeritageGirls.org. I want to encourage our listeners to check it out. We'll grab the break and we'll be right back. so difficult. Uh, Today, we're talking about the ways that our kids are suffering. And I would argue that one of the ways that our kids um, would be, I I would say firmly in the category of of suffering is when they are not disciplined, when they do not face consequences for their actions. I just I can't find um, a place where we could justify, you know, wrongdoing. Now, I will say this, I will say this. Well, first, let me say, welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio, I'm Miki.
0: And I'm Will, and I was unspoken with Just Give Me Jesus.
2: And we'll get your take on this, too. We'll open the phone lines, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. We're talking about the ways that our kids are suffering, and specifically um, in the first segment we were looking at uh, restorative justice techniques used as right. a form of not discipline, because we're trying to steer clear of discipline in our uh, American public school systems, oh uh, school system these <laughs> days. But I, anyway, I, I just, I don't, here's what I wanna say with, and I wanna be very careful. I do appreciate, I, I am on the receiving end myself of grace. Mm-hmm. So I understand parents extending grace to their children. Indeed, we have done this many times where we hold back from our kids what they deserve. Right. We say, here's what you earned. Okay. Here's the consequence for what you've done, but I'm I'm going to give you grace. Okay. I'm going to give you grace, but the next time we have to talk about this or the next time you do this or the next time, please know that this is your, this is your grace, yeah. right? So I'm not, I'm not knocking grace, but what is happening with our kids today in our public education system is that this removal of consequences is not connected to grace. <laughs> this this removal of consequences paints a picture as if there, there is no consequence. That, that, that almost sort of gives this false sense of what I've done was not really wrong. Like I mean, I'm justified in doing what I've done. Mm-hmm. And so my concern is as this continues on and as woke culture continues to be as it is, because look, just because you move on from the conversation does not mean that the effects of that conversation are not happening or that it's mitigated in any way because right. what we still have happening in our schools, people can say all they want. What we still have happening in our schools is that children are being taught critical race theory. They are not calling it critical race theory, but all of its principles and all of its tenets are being taught. Mm-hmm. We still have diversity, equity, and, and inclusion being taught in our schools. It's it's um in the Trojan horse of uh, social and emotional learning. Right. So when you have all of these things combining and then we tell kids that there are no consequences for their actions that, and, and then we say we want to sit down with them and have a conversation, but we've got to have two mutual participants. We're, man, we're, we're, <laughs> we're putting a lot of stock in children who are upfront displaying that they're already pretty troubled. Mm-hmm. and <laughs> that they need adults in the room to actually be the adults so to take that, that away is
0: not going to make that any better it's going to make it it worse you know and that's that's the that's what i'm saying it's like it, it, it's going to make it worse and and thing it, it just shows the stupidity in that type of mindset mm-hmm. you know that even when we when we saw it happening and playing out in some of our cities where we were like <laughs> we're going to take away the authority we're going to make police you know just whatever let them express and then you saw what happened yes. you know people just ran wow you know the you mostly had,
2: peaceful protests
0: right yeah exactly and then you had certain places where you couldn't even go because it was this big zone of like whatever of right foolishness and A you could not even you know and 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 that's what happens when you take away authority and take away you know just that respect for it you right. have all kind of things that that crop up And,
2: you know, one of the things that I think um, is really most alarming to me is that the removal of consequences is really a man made approach to life Mm. because consequences um, and justice like true justice. I'm not talking about man's definition of justice. Right. Mm -hmm. The Bible says that the wicked cannot understand justice. Right. But justice and consequences are connected to the character and the nature of God. Yeah. Like when the Lord says, do this or don't do that, if you do this, then this will happen. If you don't do this, then this will happen. Those consequences show who the Lord is and that those consequences are meted out, mm-hmm. shows who the Lord is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Even the grace and the mercy, grace doesn't have meaning if there are no consequences. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Like m- mercy doesn't have meaning if there are no consequences. Mm-hmm. So, so this, uh, this restorative justice approach that we are seeing kind of an uptick in, in our schools and in in our public schools, it says, if crime hurts, justice should heal. The focus is on repairing harm. If it has occurred, if crime hurts, (laughs) Mm -hmm. justice should heal. So if you, if you put the magnifying glass over this, and this to me is very, very troubling it almost has as its aim the comfort of the perpetrator and not the one mm. upon whom the crime has been perpetrated. Right. So if 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 crime hurts, then
0: justice should heal. Calling good Wait, evil and evil good. Yes. We see. That. D- I mean, look, it's
2: lawlessness. It's
0: just in the signs of, of the time. I, I was just sitting here thinking about how having, how I had conversations with my dad about him growing up in you know what what he grew up in and how. Uh, if he did something, it was a community. It was like the like the neighbors could say stop that or even right. chastise him, you know. To where we are now, where we're flipping everything around, said no authority. Like Absolutely not. Right. at school, not at home. It just shows you. I mean, the same thing, you could talk about that with all different, all, all types of things, like modesty, how things looked yes. back then and then right. now. Like, it's just a, a downgrading, a downgrading of, of society. And when you're taking away... Authority, man, you're going to end up with all kind of lawlessness, all kind of lawlessness.
2: So let me get your let me get your take on this. And by the way, I'll open the phone lines. 88-589-8840. You are never compelled to agree with us, obviously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this idea, this mm-hmm. idea that. Traditional methods of discipline
1: mm-hmm.
2: are barbaric. So the fans of restorative justice say that punishing a student for a violent or or any other bad action that mm-hmm. they may perpetrate, right. okay, um, sets them on a path toward prison and further abuse. So if you, if you punish a yeah. child for, and I don't mean to use strong words unnecessarily, but yeah. punish a child because this child has been abusive of right. another child. Right. We are saying that starts the kid. It's the prison pipeline is what we heard a few years ago. Right, we don't want to put kids right. on a prison pipeline. So we've got to find ways to just talk to them. What am What am I missing? <sighs> what do you see in this position that this, you know, punishment or consequences sets a kid up for prison?
0: Yeah, I, I don't believe that. And I'm thinking about you remember when it was kind of big and I guess it's kind of gone from there now. Um, where it was like timeouts in your home, like you gotta give your kid timeout. You don't spank. <laughs> yes. We don't. Yes. We don't hit. You know, we, we're teaching them how to like hit by hitting. Man, that goes against what the Bible says as far as just dis- how to discipline your, your child. And I feel like so when you had the timeout in the home, like I just put my kid in timeout. Now in society, you have timeout. Like yes, it's like, like
2: a collective timeout. Yeah, you
0: put them in timeout. You don't give them any consequences. And I think what we're setting up for and we're seeing it happen in real time is lawlessness. Yes. There's no yes. way that you can take away authority <laughs> and expect to have peace. It, oh, it does not goodness. happen.
2: There's no way you can take away authority and expect to have peace. I just kind of wanted to run a highlighter over that. You know, one of the so when we talk about the way that our kids are being reared today and the way that the culture offers its input. Um, To me, the removal of consequences and the removal of authority is another example of a lack of love for children being presented as if it's love. Yep. If you look at Hebrews, the Bible paints the picture that discipline is for those who are loved by the one who disciplines. Mm. That to Come be on. chastised, to be rebuked, to be confronted wow. when there is wrongdoing, the Bible says that this is love. Yes. So this is another one of those iterations, in my opinion. This is another one of those iterations. It's it's right up there with the glitter family. Uh, creating this (laughs) false sense of, you understand God's design and then saying to children, see, this is love. I let you do what you want. And Mm. this is love. Mm -hmm. You have no consequences for your actions. And this is love. And because it appeals to the flesh, I think immediately it feels to the kid like, Oh, this is good. Like no consequences. But what does the Bible actually tell us? The Bible says that if you are loved, then you are disciplined. Mm. If you are adopted, if you are a son, then you are disciplined as a son. So if you if you say, "Well, I'm not I'm not going to do anything about that. I'm just going to just going to take my hands off," then the reverse must be true that mm. there is no love there. Mm. It is not loving to to allow kids to feel a false sense of security. I'm going to say this, and then and I you know I'm not trying to um, get in trouble here. But it is not loving to give kids a false sense of security. Their introduction to parents as the disciplinarian is their first introduction to God as the disciplinarian. Mm. When we understand what it is to come to God and understand that the Lord disciplines us, that he chastises us, and that this is love. Parents are the first presentation of that. All right, let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Where do we go, Will the Great?
0: All right, let's go to James in Mississippi, hi James. Hey guys. Hello. If um, if hey, can you hear me? Yes, go ahead.
2: Yes, yeah, if crime hurts, justice ought to hurt <laughs> ten times as worse. Mm. And the and the people that are not disciplining their children, they're
0: setting them up for either prison or the um or death. Mm. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
2: Oh, I think, man, I listen, I think the (laughs) exact opposite of what they're aiming for is is going to be the result. And and our brother James has just hit on this. This is what sets kids up for prison because they keep running along. Right. Believing that they have no obstacle, that there's no impediment to um, to their their wrongdoing. So they just keep going until then. Now it's not school. Mm. Now you're out in the larger society and now you come up against a law enforcement officer if you are so blessed to live in a city where they're allowed to do their jobs. Right. Right. <laughs> and then you and then you really do have consequences. Let's go back to the phone lines. Will the great where
1: are we headed?
0: All right, let's go to Pam in Texas. Hi, Pam.
1: God bless you so much and thanks for the privilege to be on with you today. Mm. Sure. And I were listening today and my heart is very stirred for where we are in this culture of time. Mm. Because I was reared with a mother, my father wasn't there. But my mother spoke, and she, when she spoke, it was just what you did what she said do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She had rules for her house, mm-hmm. and anytime you break the rule, there is, there is uh, repercussion, cushion and repercussion for what you have done. Right. Yes. Slapping on the hand or the wrist because you didn't you you went over what she said you don't do. Then there are consequences for you. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I was I was raised this way. Even wherever my mother took us, and she said, "Don't do a thing." Before she left home, if you done it, you got it where you walk. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 See, but what we have done, what we have done with our children <sighs> today, is that we give them sugar when we ought to be giving them salt. Mm-hmm. Salt oh. save. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, it does. It, it does. Yes, it does. it's a preservative. See, yeah. Yeah. The thing about it, though, it is, is that we have to be careful mm-hmm. how we address our children. I'm going to say this, and I'm gone. But uh, I have two sons, and I was very careful. I didn't call him my little, my little, um, my little daddy. No, mm. you, know, you mm-hmm. ain't my dad of the house. You ain't going to take over my house. <laughs> Come on, yeah. that's right. You ain't my little mama. You're not my mama. Oh mama. wow. Thank yeah. you
0: Pam. you're right yeah
2: <laughs> oh Pam, that's so good i I appreciate everything that Thank you're you. saying. I'm telling you it's just another one of those things where will the great you often describe it you know how we had cars that were built a certain way they were right. built to last right. and and I think that the rearing of children and the way that it was done um it was so that they could be built to last yeah I there's not uh, let me I'll just go back to the phone I us try to squeeze in one more call and then offer my commentary on the on the tail end Will the Great where do we go?
0: All right, let's go to, let's see, Demetrius in Texas. Hi, Demetrius.
1: Hey, how you doing, Will, Mickey? Hello. Uh, I am a a felon, and I did 25 years when I I was 19 years old. I've been in and out of prison since I was 12. Mm. But I am
2: a firm believer in Jesus Christ, and I am a firm believer that there needs to be discipline in the home, and we need Mm. good fathers in the home ready to do such a job.
1: I'm very heavy handed on the men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that if we do not do this, that yes, that is the pipeline. If there's no discipline, there is a pipeline straight to prison or death.
2: Mm. Mm. Oh, thank you, you so much. Thank you, thank you so much. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verse 11. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Mm. I don't I don't know what we're doing um with our kids in this culture today, but I will tell you I really believe what we see in them is a great deal of suffering because they are being failed on so many different fronts. Yeah. All right, that's it for today until tomorrow, Lord willing.
0: God bless.